right, guys, what is happening? We're back again, the Off-Track Experience podcast. Um, on this one, get a sit-down with an absolute legend who is Baxter Maywell. Uh, he's a good friend of mine. We've actually been racing for years now. and we, uh, we got the opportunity at the National Championships. We uh, jumped in the crush tent and had a little chat. It wasn't very long. It was only 28 minutes, but it's cool to uh, have a little chat in between uh, in between practice. The audio is a bit funky because of uh, the background noise, but I hope you guys don't mind, but kind of adds to the experience, but... Baxter's been over there, he's built the jump park, he's built the downhill track and he's just been doing heaps of work in Tassie and the the amount of experience him and like Dan Booker and Darcy Coots and stuff like have got between each other and just when really good riders actually put their minds together and they can uh, they can build pretty cool stuff so it's really cool to see but we kind of go into into what he's been doing over there, how long he's been over there, future plans and just just what building good tracks and having good events like where we're at at national champs do for like the up and coming juniors in Australia and kind of, I guess, give them a bit more of a, a base or foundation to go over to Europe. Like the track that we raced at the national champs turned into a world cup track, but like for sure, like it, it, how, how it chopped up, how rough it was, how fast it was in sections. Like Saturday, no, Sunday morning before, uh, before finals, I just remember getting to the bottom and I just, besides the missing the cowbells and the flares and all that, I just felt like I was at a World Cup and it was cool to be back in that um, environment and just be in Australia. So that was uh, definitely put a smile on my face. So Bax did an absolute amazing job and it was cool just to sit down for a little bit and get his like point of view on a few things. But uh, just before we get into it, I'd like to thank the sponsors, Bluegrass Helmets for, for always helping me out and pushing the podcast forwards. Shingleback, uh, those guys again. I'm gonna get a code soon. We'll uh, start putting that out there so you guys get a little discount off the off the racks. But uh, they've actually got something special coming up, which will be cool. And then Crush for uh, for jumping on board and actually giving us a tent to record this in. So that was cool. Matt Matt's an absolute legend, and he got right behind it. And it was uh, it was cool. He kept on <laughs> going out and just kind of grabbing people and 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 sitting them down. And we uh, we got a few more to come. So it was a really cool experience. But yeah, hope you guys enjoy the uh, the podcast with Baxter. Yeah, radio. So now you're in the podcast world. Yeah. You got to be real close to the mic because we've got, um, as you can hear, the music in the background. Is that better? Is that does that sound Whoa. better? Yeah, that sounds better. <laughs> so you know if that's better. Yep. All right, we're here with Baxter Maywell. How are we, mate? Thank you. Good. For, thank you good. for the coffee. That's all right. Laura makes good coffee. I feel like we're on the like the dodge, you know, dodgeball. How we're like just watching the game. We could just do people watch this whole thing. We don't, <laughs> we don't actually have to talk about anything. We could just watch what's going on. We got not. There's a lot to spectate just from here through there's the pits. A, there's a pretty cool taco truck sitting over there that I'm probably going to go into a bit later on. But did you have any yesterday? No, I didn't. I really I was lining it up and I just had to get out of the sun. I don't know why they've moved, but they were next to like the little athlete corner of the tram pits. Yeah, I did see that. So you just like have a yarn over the fence to the boys and grab yourself some tacos and they <laughs> deliver deliver straight, it into the tent straight, straight yeah. in. Now there's coffee van over there instead. So now you've got to walk ten meters. Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Well, from here, you can see Alex present over there in the Pushy's tent. <laughs> He's doing some bike mechanicing. There's not much going on. No. But anyway, where are we, mate? What are we doing? What is happening here? We're at, uh, we're at Medina, your home, your new home. Yeah, apparently my new home. I think I've moved here now. Um, you think or you, you know? I'm here for the foreseeable future. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. Lo- the long haul? How yeah. long have you been here for anyway? Been here since October last year. Yeah, and you've just yeah. been going at it. Yeah, so I came down here in October to build the dirt jump park yeah. and then I was supposed to go home for Christmas and then was that, the, a, was that around when you came through with me in the <clears> pump <throat> track or was that before I, I'm so bad with times because you nah, came I, pop- I came to you that was way earlier that was like the start of last year wasn't it 
oh, I, I get very lost yeah. at times. Um, six months to a year, it's all the same thing to me. Yeah. At the but yeah, I came down here in October to build the dirt jumps and then towards the end of that, um, they asked if I wanted to stay and build the downhill track for national champs and I was like, yeah, of course I want to stay and build the downhill track for national champs. So um, then I ended up staying. I tried to go home for Christmas and COVID told me to stay here and then... Um, I tried. COVID, <laughs> he told me to stay yeah. here. I tried to go home again, like just to visit family, and again, like COVID outbreak. So I was like, oh, I guess like the universe is telling me to stay here. Stay. So you haven't yeah. been home for a long time now. No, nah, not since October. Yeah. Oh, true. Yeah. But you've kind of in there. Just this is home. I'm just, yeah, I'm just running with it now. This is like the best place to be if you're in Australia and you want to ride bikes. I think so. Oh, for sure. That's yeah. one thing I've got to say. Like, hats off to you guys for like the amount of work. Like, you just you actually can't ride as all the trails that are here like it's ridiculous even for the enduro it's just like what we raced the 30 minutes of just new trails and that wasn't even like scratching the surface of what's actually there yeah i think we've got like 75 different trails 75 if you break the hill into roughly like three or four sections yeah that means like you know the amount of different options you could do that in a hill is like thousands yeah, so like from like to, if you break it up as you go yeah. down, yeah. So you yeah. could like ride one, then ride a different one, and then next lap ride something else into something else. Well, that's what I notice when you're riding over to like the downhill. There's like you just see like on the way there, there's like ten different ways to pop down, and like some look obviously more used than others, but there's just yeah. like such a variety as well of what to. to yeah, and what, what's like what's the goal now? Like what's the plan? Just keep just keep going, hit a hundred trails, or like what's what's the future look for uh, Medina? That'd be more of a question for Reese and Frenchy. I just at this point kind of do what I've told. You just, but... you just get told to shovel and go <laughs> yeah. do it. Yeah, they go build something cool, and I'm like, all right, I'll try and build something cool. But um, what's the process in building something? Is it like you you come up with an idea of what you want to do, you kind of put it to them, or do they kind of say this is what kind of trail we want, and then you kind of go and do that? Like how does what's yeah. the step by step you kind of go through to actually make a trail become reality? So for the most part, like Simon obviously is the owner of all of this, and we literally can't thank him enough for these opportunities, but um, he will generally come up with an idea of what he wants built. And what that usually means is like, he knows where he wants to start and finish. And he knows that it wants to be a blue jump trail, for example. But aside from that, he just has full trust in us and lets us go nuts. So like the jump park, he was like, you've got three months, you've got this area. Yeah, go nuts. Go do, do what you yeah. want. I think that's yeah. so good because I think like you guys know what to do. Like you got, and obviously he's seen that and he can trust that in you. But I feel like if you're trying to build a track and someone's looking over your shoulder saying, "Oh no, you can't do that," or you build something, you know, you got to take that down. Yeah, I feel like it gets that, and I see that in a lot of I guess places where it's like more national park stuff. And I know they're a bit more strict with that. Yeah, but you just end up making bad trails because you've got someone telling you what you can and can't do yeah. and then you make something that will work and then it doesn't meet, I guess, a requirement for a national park. So you, yeah. this is this is just what state... For, like, who owns actual land that Medina's on? Um, again, I can't... <laughs> I can't answer that definitely, but... Um, oh, hello, Darren. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> um, but I know Frenchie's... Frenchie owns a lot of the hill now, and yep. then we're leasing it. I think it's uh, some patches of forestry land or ex-forestry land, some patches are parks, so it's kind of like a, a bit of a cluster of different owners throughout. Um, there's like one random little pocket on the hill that has no access to it that's privately owned. Oh, really? Like it's, Yeah, it's pretty random up there. Is it, um, is it like, there's nothing on it, it's just forest, but someone owns like, it. Yeah, forestry block, and it's just like, like a couple hectare little block. Do you but just work around it? Yeah, we just got to work around it. 
That's pretty funny. <laughs> it's pretty random. So and it's yeah, nothing on it, just a little no, nothing oh, on it. That's so funny. But, but yeah. how do they get into it then? Like, obviously they need an access road. They, even they don't. They, like, there's literally no way to get to it without going through other people's property. There's no road that goes to it. True. It's just like this little title of land that's owned by someone that we some investor. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> some investor's going to put some. Yeah. <laughs> wait but, till this place blows up and builds some jumps up. There. Yeah, but generally speaking, like Frenchies slowly ticking off little pockets of land and we'll I guess his aim is to eventually own the whole thing and then once we own a pocket of land we can do whatever we want with it yeah so there's still um, some restrictions in building there are some like obviously we can't cut down trees over a certain size like on the pink bike comments there's a lot of people telling us that we're cutting down like big old growth trees because they saw big stumps oh they're already probably dead they're already either stumps that we just cut off lower or like trees that were dead anyway. Yeah. So, how, um, how do you feel about the? Uh, the I don't like to get into pink bike comments, but a lot of people are saying how that it is like it was a flow track, and like I already know from like I knew before I came here that it wasn't going to be a flow track, but just to like I guess hear hear them uh, I don't know see all that stuff and then know and it just uh, come give it a chance at least, but then to like go walk and be like, no, this is not a flow track at all. I just reckon it's funny. Like if you're going to come here with your trail bike, thinking you're racing a flow track, like. You're fucked. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But it's, I, I yeah. feel like it's just people can't get anything from helmet cams. No, like we it's, ra- the, it's the GoPro effect, isn't it? Like, yeah. It's got so much stabilization on the GoPro, and we were doing like a pretty cruisy lap, just like swapping lines and yeah. riding smooth. So, of course, it's going to look smooth. And it's a brand new track as well. Yeah, it's a brand like, new track. It's yeah. all soft and loamy. So, like, but now it's a different track already. We've only had like one day of practice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'd love for all those people, like, just. Just to get those people that say it's a flow bike, like a flow trail or whatever, I'm like, okay, just get like a 140 travel bike and you've got to go as fast as you can down it. And if you can't get down it within the time that you, like, or close to the time you guys do, it's like, well, then shut up. Yeah, yeah, well, that's it. Like, obviously from last year at Bright, like, I raced a trail bike. So yeah, like- well done about that. Because you, you, you got fifth, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah, that was, oh, hats off to you because yeah. that is not a track you race a trail bike on. No, but, well, it was. No, it, was not, it is not. I go up there sometimes, and sometimes I'll just be like, "Oh, let's just bomb down Mystic on my trail bike," and like, it's not. Yeah, it's not enjoyable. It's like yeah, no, just to get down is a, a struggle. Let alone try and go fast. Let alone get a podium in a national championship. Yeah, well, I, I had to take my hats off to Aaron. Like he helped me sit, set that bike up as best it could be because my kind of theory was if I didn't set my suspension up, like I was just going to die. Yeah. So and then it was like the smoother is far, like faster is smoother. Yeah. So. um but from that, I kind of knew what bits of that track were super hard on the trail bike. And our goal was to make this track so that you wouldn't be able to go fast on a trail bike. Yeah. I wanted everyone to be, like, the whole podium, I hope, is a downer bike. Yeah. Downer <laughs> are bike are you racing a downer bike or trail bike? Yeah, I've got a downer bike now. Sitting, <laughs> sitting there in front of us. You should have just done it, just race a trail bike. Just yeah. to say, oh, I can still do it. I, I saw Josh Button going pretty quick on a trail bike. Though. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. That yeah. dude's fucking real good rider. <laughs> I was going to do first day of practice on my trail bike just to mess with people. Just to play but, some head games. Yeah, but, nah. Um, yeah, we've got the what's, bikes, what's yeah. Dan Booker? Um, is he racing downhill bike or trail bike? Yeah, no, he's got a downhill bike. He's been frothing on the downhill bike. And, yeah, um, he's been riding it flat out like for well since he got it, and we've been doing heaps of downhill runs. And yeah, he's riding it super good. I would not be surprised if he, he if he wins. He's the dark horse for yeah, sure. I I followed him yeah. for the enduro, and he dropped me within two seconds, and I was like. Okay, and yeah, I know you can play yeah. the local card, but there's also just like you're mm. riding really good card. We can we can play the local card to a point this weekend, but realistically, we only finished the track like a week ago. 
Yeah, but I think even not even just the track, just the, just knowing the dirt, the confidence, the yeah. comfortable. Yeah. Like I think like the local thing isn't just knowing the track; it's knowing the area. It's just mm. it's honestly being comfortable, and when you're comfortable, you're confident. So that's, that, it, that's yeah. the bigger thing. It's just like, I, and obviously if you can ride the track a heap and that's why you see a lot of guys like, I guess like the Scottish and English guys that do so well at Fort William. Yeah. But they also know the food. They know like the culture, like They're all that. They're comfortable in the environment. Yeah, 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 exactly. But yeah. in saying all that, like Dan's just a good rider, like yeah. hands down and he was just flying. So I hate when someone takes away from it, even when they yeah. say to me, oh, you did well, oh, but all the local guys. Yeah, like, it. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I should still... I should still do really that's, well. Like that's the thing. It's just it. like yeah. yeah, but it was it was it was fun to do. But like you said, there's so many trails here. It's so hard to like remember everything. It's just a lot to take on board, especially the enduro things. For the enduro, I think like living here is definitely a massive advantage. Mm. For the downhill, like because everyone only has one track to learn. It, yeah, it play it definitely plays an advantage for like what we just spoke about, like just being comfortable here and riding like this kind of dirt. But yeah, for the enduro, it's like second to none because you know what's coming up even if you only do one practice run of each track yeah that's what i found when i was racing it would be funny i'd be like going through a um going through a section and i'd get to it and i'd I'd just you you think because everything looks the same as well yeah like that's the i think that's the hardest thing it's not like you're on a track and you're like this seems so much different than something else i need some more extension on my oh now we got it sorted yeah perfect you're in um that was just one thing. It's just like everything looks the same. So you'd come over like a crest or a corner and you'd be like, oh, I'm yeah. here. And then you'd realize you're not where you need to be. And you're yeah. like, oh, God. Yeah. And I had a few times I'd be going like an outside and out of like the side vision, I'd say like I should have been on the inside. And then yeah. you're just like still going around the outside. You're like, oh. Or oh, there's sure. like there's on the top of Sticks and Stones, there's like the top of Zen Garden, which gets super close in some spots. Yeah. And you're like trying to sort of look ahead and see what's coming up. But like, in a couple of spots, I know I've done it all the time. Like, you're actually looking at the wrong track. Yeah. So you're like, oh, okay, we're going left. And then the track actually goes right because yeah. you're looking at, like, the different the other track. And that's, like, one of the crazy things with having so many trails and they're all pretty condensed at the moment just because of those land pocket and boundaries. Mm. But um, eventually they'll just be tracks everywhere. Do you, do you map it all out before you actually start building the trails? Because I was going to say, you, you feel like you get pretty lost in kind of like, you might start and then you realise, oh no, we're <coughs> going to cut through here or then it kind of hits, hits like a dead end almost. Yeah, no, before we start building it, like it'll all get flagged. Um, so either myself or Frenchie or Dan or someone will go through with like little pink ribbons and we'll just put in like a rough alignment and then at least you know roughly where you've got to go to get from A to B. Yeah. As long as you keep those flags in sight, you can deviate off them a bit, but as long as you keep those flags in sight, you'll head in the you right could. direction. Yeah. And how many is normally with you when you start to put in a trail? Like, do you go in, like, little groups, or is it just a everyone's just, we're getting it done? Um, for the downhill track, it was everyone, we're getting it done, because obviously because of COVID, we didn't know if the event was actually going ahead, so we started later than we probably should have. Um, but generally speaking, there's, like, two, maybe three people on a crew, so you have a guy, like, corridor clearing and chainsaw one guy on the digger and a guy behind on the hand tools grooming yeah and you kind of just like move along like that so yeah that'd be a pretty quick process hey yeah it is in spots in, it is, it, in other spots it's not but um <laughs> kind of depends on like how thick the trees are and what you're actually building do you have a favorite crew to go with do you have like your, fa- your favorite clearer <laughs> or your favorite what are you normally on what's your, where's your spot in the I'm, I'm usually in the digger my favorite crew to work with is um, by myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, <it's> actually, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I've everyone like, else just pisses you off or what? No, like, <laughs> just everyone is the wrong thing. Everyone is good to work with. I just like, like for the dirt jump project, like I pretty much worked by myself the whole time, and that kind of 
allows me to schedule my days around being able to go riding. So, like, I could start at 6, work till 11, yeah. and then go riding in the middle of the day, like, do some shuttles, and then finish work, and then start at, like... Or, sorry, finish riding, and then go back to work for, like, a few hours. Whereas if you've got, like, a big team, you've got to, got to get everybody on board with the same thing, and yeah, not everyone little, wants to do that. And it's a lot of moving parts. just easier by myself yeah. sometimes. So, how many years now have you been pretty committed, like, all... How long... How, what, Obviously, been trail building before it became a job, but how long do you reckon you could say you've been trail building, and then how long has it been like a full time kind of gig? I reckon I've been trail building since I was like twelve. So pretty much started off like building little turn tracks near home just to practice for racing, um, and then I got a full time job trail building with Dirt Art when I was sixteen. Yeah, and I'm twenty one now, about to turn twenty. You only twenty? Oh, yeah, I thought you were old for some reason. Yeah, I turned twenty two in April. True. Yeah. Just the old guy. Yeah. Old young guy. Yeah, old it's, young guy. It's funny, at a race, I'll go hang around with like the young kids and I'll be the old dude because they're yeah. all, like 16, 17. Yeah. And then I hang out with other guys and they're like, oh, you're a young kid. And yeah. I was just like, how did I just cop that I'm the old guy? And then I go to another 10 yeah. and I'm the young guy. Can't yeah. win, can you? No, you can't win yeah. anywhere. No, that's, re- that's really cool, man. And it's cool to see that like people that actually know how to ride and how to build have like built a proper downhill track here. And that's like, mm. when I walked it, I just smiled because I'm like, this is like the closest thing to a World Cup track I think Australia's, even though we've had like, I wouldn't call Canberra World Cup track. Even no, Cairns to a certain extent, it just Kansas, became a bit yeah. of like it just became like a jump. It's like a jump track. Cairns is really fun to ride. Oh, that's yeah. That's not taken away from it. the track's fun, but for but, yeah. a World Cup race track, it's just not really. Yeah. Well, our like my whole idea with like or well, vision with this track and race was the same. Booker was on the same page, and so was Dan, which made it easy. Yeah. Um, was that like? I felt like if we didn't build this to be as close as possible to a World Cup track, like we're just doing a disservice to the kids that are coming up. Because, like, you would know from racing, like, when you go from Australia and you think you've raced a World Cup track, and then you go to a World Cup track and you're just like, holy shit, I've never ridden anything like this before. Mm. So, if we're going to have a national championships on what I would say could be a World Cup track, then at least they're somewhat prepared when they go overseas. Well, yeah, you're setting them up. You're setting up so it's not such a shock to the system. Yeah, like when I was a junior, and I'm sure you probably got told the same thing, like the guys at Yarra Valley Cycles are like, before you are a junior, like when you're still in under 17, it's like go overseas and get some experience so that it's not a shock when you do race a World Cup. Yeah. Whereas if we can kind of change that so that kids can get the right experience here before they go overseas, then it just makes it a bit more accessible for kids to do good. Yeah, exactly. Because that's the thing, we don't have... Yeah, we just don't have places like that to ride. And it's so funny that we we still have such good riders that come out of Australia. But like, yeah. imagine if we had that level of tracks to train on, to practice on, and then obviously, the I guess the commitment, the drive that kids still... Because like we, we grew up racing pretty mellow tracks. And like you say, yeah. the first year I went to World Cups, it's just like, whoa, this is yeah. what's here. And it's like, even if you ride something steep here, usually steep stuff in Australia is slow. Yeah. It's like steep and tech and slow. Whereas, like, Val de Sol, for example, it's steep and tech and you're Fast. going, like, 40k an hour the whole time. Yeah. It's just, like, completely different beast. And even with this, like, this track's... It's hard, but it's also not, like, you can roll down it pretty... Mm. Like, that's the thing. People get this idea, if it's going to be hard, it's got to be scary hard. And it's like, no, it just needs to be able to get rough. It needs to have line choice. Mm. You need to think. You need to have, like, options. It needs to get blown out. Like, it, like that's the thing. World Cup tracks aren't that difficult, but they no. get difficult over a weekend because of how many riders... Except have, Val de Sol. That's like that's like the the great equalizer, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. But I think they're changing. I think they're redoing that as well. That kind of turned in, I guess, similar to what Bright has become because it was like it was really good, and then it kind of just slowly deteriorated yeah, yeah. over the years. 
and now it's just to the point where it's just bedrock and yeah. and terrifying. But yeah, I think yeah. they're redoing top to bottom for worlds. Yeah. Oh, they have worlds there this year. Yep. Ooh, I better do good here. I <laughs> oh, need some points. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, that's um, yeah, it's definitely Valdezol World Champs, yeah, which is pretty cool. That's exciting. Yeah, um, if we can actually go and do it as well, like that's another thing. It's just like whether it's all going to hopefully yeah, go yeah, ahead, yeah, which yeah. I think it will. But yeah, yeah. Well, you never know, do you? Well, well, that's one thing. Even with this, I feel like think about it, two weeks ago we were in lockdown in Victoria. Like this yeah. could have just not happened. Well, for Victorians anyway, I guess people could have flown over still. But yeah, but I think if Victoria were like not allowed to come, then the event probably wouldn't. Go, go ahead because yeah. that's like probably at least 50% of your field is Victorian yeah and then you think about all the people that have to come over on the boat with yeah. big hand so even yeah. if you're from New South Wales and you couldn't catch the boat yeah. you're probably not going to yeah, yeah. if you pro- can't get through Victoria or you can't come just if you can't come from Victoria yeah. in general like the whole event's kind of a write off and how is that for you guys just having that I guess hanging over you that like this may or may not happen but I guess you guys just got to plan like just go that it will and I guess if it doesn't you've still got a sweet downhill track (laughs) well yeah the track like the track needed to get built regardless because if it didn't go ahead this year it's going to go ahead next year um but there was like a brief couple of weeks there where we where it was like on the fence we'd made a good start to it and then outbreaks started happening and they were kind of discussing it not going ahead and like I think a fair few people lost a bit of motivation because we we're like, well, you know, what what's the point if it's not going ahead? Like, we can just take our time because we yeah. we're rushing. Um, and then they made like a definitive call, like, yes, it's happening. And then from there, it was like, cool, I, I'm, I can see reason to put all of my energy into getting this track built now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for like a couple of weeks, that was sort of like hit and miss. Yeah. Yeah. yeah not like we, it was kind of hard to get into it because. Trust me, I know the feeling. Yeah, that was like yeah. me going over to World Cups. I was like, why, yeah. why should I train if it's not going to happen? And, yeah, then, and then it, it would yeah. get cancelled and rescheduled. Yeah. And it's just you live in this like constant limbo of like... Yeah. But then I feel like with that stuff, it's just like you should just do it because you know you should do it. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing. It's like it's, it's got to get done eventually, so let's just get it done. Yeah, well, like my, I think my brother was in a good headspace because like, he races like all the off-roads like Moto. Um, and when all this COVID stuff happened, he was just at home just training like he normally would be. And he was like, at some point, we're going to have a race. So when we do that, like, everybody else is going to have lost motivation and probably not trained, and I'm going to be, like, as fit as I've ever been. Yeah. So I think... a good way to look at it. Yeah, if you can do that, like, you're onto a bit of a winning formula, I think, but... I think it's just good with that as well. It's like, just train because it's good to be fit it's good, well, to, be, it. it's good to be strong yeah, like it's feel, good, yeah. feels nice to be healthy yeah like yeah. i feel like everyone puts it down to it like a like a race or a goal or something but yeah. it's like if you're just fit and healthy eating yeah. good stretching like yeah. you feel good yeah like, like that should be the goal not the uh not the race yeah that's coming up but it's and, hard it's hard stre- to get that mindset stresses you out if you're like doing it just for like one event like mm. i've kind of been because i haven't been racing as much over the last year or so well i couldn't have been but like I'm still on the program of just kind of wanting to race the races that, like, I look forward to. So if it's at a fun track or it's at a good event or whatever, like, I'll go. So I'm just still training and, like, just being healthy. And, like, that way, if I go to an event, I know that I'm prepared and I know I'm strong and fit enough to, like, have an actual crack and and do good, hopefully. Whereas a couple of years ago when I was, like, I suppose going through a bit of a stage of, like, not giving a shit, it was, like... We all go through that stage, yeah. Right? <laughs> I'd like rock up to an event because, like, I wanted to be there because it was a fun track, but I'll just get smoked or like couldn't do full runs because I was like not fit. Yeah. So, um, I think that's like what helped me up bright because I hadn't raced in ages, but 
I was like as strong as I've ever been. Yeah, and you wanted to be there. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to be there. I like felt good on the bike because I was strong and I was healthy. So, yeah, I think that's like if you just stay healthy in general, it all, life, yeah, it all, like, it all works out well. Good. Yeah, yeah. If you so, go for a run with your friend and you're like, cool, I can do this. Or like <laughs> whatever, like doesn't matter. Well, I feel like it's a slippery slope. Like either way you go, like you go to start to be like, oh, I don't need to do that, or I need, I need to be so healthy, and then it just gets worse and worse. Where mm. If you go the other direction, you're like, oh, I'll just go for a run every now and again yeah, and do a little it, bit yeah. here and there and yeah. just that little bit, but that over time will just keeps you on a good level. Yeah, and I that's think people it. easily think it's the same as just like it's not that it's not that bad if I just do this little thing, but then that compounds on itself. Where if it's yeah. like if people yeah. think, Oh, it's not that good just to do one little thing, but I'm like, Yeah, but if you keep doing that little thing, yeah, it's gonna turn into something good. Consistency. Yeah, exactly. Consistency, Consistency with everything. Yeah. Yeah. No. So what's the plan now? What's your um, what's your goal for like I guess what's your next six months to a year kinda of look like? You, you said you want to obviously do well here so you can get some points for worlds, but yeah. besides I, that, like just doing fun races, building more trails. Yeah, I think like we've got a lot of exciting stuff to build here. There's a few trails that we want to rebuild. So I think like because travelling is so hard at the moment, I'm gonna probably kinda of knuckle down on my career, so to speak, like here, trail building. Yeah. Um see what we can make out of that and then if I get some good points here, I'd like to try and get over to a World Cup if there's one at a good track or, like, if I somehow get selected for World Champs, like, I'll definitely go. But, um, yeah, just, like, keep it fun, really. Yeah. Keep riding my bike as much as I can and then keep building cool stuff. So. Well, I think you're, like, right on the cusp now of, like, what's, like I, I like... I look at when I came to Derby and then you look at just everywhere in Tasmania, like, St. Yeah. Helens, Queen, like, it's just growing and it's yeah. just, like... Yeah. now's the start of like the big boom of like more people coming in because just imagine when this turns into obviously not quite like Whistler but no. it's going to be bit like obviously a lot bigger than it is now there's going to be houses yeah. coming up like it's going to become yeah. Tasmania's just going to be a scene of mountain biking Ta- Tasmania is already like leading the charge in Australia for like being a mountain bike destination because you yeah. can come down here you can drive from one side of the state to the other in like what three hours Yeah, and there's six different places around the state that you can go riding already that are amazing Yeah, let alone like all the other little secret illegal tracks around yeah so like well, that's what I think yeah. I'm going to do now is just when I need a ride just do a heap of riding just get my van come over here for two three yeah. weeks and just yeah. just lap everywhere just ride yeah. go back and then piss off and go over to the World Cup so I yeah, think that's yeah. like the perfect kind of plan like this place as a training destination as well is amazing like we've got a little gym set up just like at one of the guys houses and it's like you can go to say Queenstown or whatever where you can ride good tracks and you can probably go to a gym or have a personal trainer but there's so many distractions there whereas <laughs> here like what what else can you do apart from ride your bike yeah like there's there's not it, that it, much it, out cuts, here to it do. cuts out everything else yeah. yeah yeah and I'm easily distracted so being here is pretty yeah. good for me <laughs> yeah no I'm, I'm the, I'm the yeah. same you just yeah. need to limit the distractions yeah, yeah when the right. distractions is like riding dirt jumps and all that other stuff that you probably should be doing or going yeah. to the gym it's just like okay this yeah. isn't the worst thing yeah 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 now we've got full media guys out <laughs> here. Me, yeah. Everyone's starting to get around now. No, it's good. As soon as you bring out one camera, the rest just seem to come. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What time does yeah. practice start this morning? I think we, go, we should go do a lap, eh? I think it starts at 10, so we've got half an hour. But and I'm sure the shuttle we'll, line's going to take a while. We've got A-group practice this afternoon. Yeah, so there. practice 10 till 3 and then 3 till 5. This track's one that's like so hard not to do 6,000 runs of. Well, that's the thing. When like I was it's walk- lucky the shuttle line's long. Yeah, when I was <laughs> when we were walking, I was like with, and it goes this kind of goes back to the whole thing, the junior thing. But um, with like all the young kids, like Ollie Davis and yeah, uh, Will yeah. Pope and those guys, yeah. they're just like, oh, I just want to do laps after lap. Like then, like it was yeah. almost a good thing that they couldn't. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, they're yeah. just going to get wear, they themselves, wear out. themselves out. But it was also cool to see that um, 
like when they're walking it, they're like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to know where to go, and like they've got to, they've got to think. Yeah, and it's yeah. just like I've heard people can... say that they're lost, and I've heard people say that they're scared, and that's exactly what I wanted. Yeah, to yeah, <laughs> that's what that. Yeah, Ollie said the exact same thing to me, and I was just like, that's good that like you're, that's your like it's not good that that's your mindset, but it's good that you've got to deal with that in Australia where yeah, it's yeah. all pretty mellow. Yeah, but you get to a World Cup and you've and it's all unknown and yeah. then you've got to deal with foreign language, foreign everything else yeah, yeah. and then a track that's got a million lines yeah. you're going to go Ugh, and freak out. So I'm so excited to see how Ollie goes overseas this year. Oh, it's going to be pretty yeah, cool, man. It's really, He's, it's really cool. There's a lot, yeah. of, lot of like cool young kids coming yeah. up now which is yeah. it's good to see but yeah. it's going to be interesting to see how he goes this weekend as well. I reckon he's going to do good. <laughs> he so. just stops getting so worried and scared about how wide the track it? is. Did you see how good he was riding at Mount Bobo the other weekend? Oh man, he's right. He's retarded. Oh. <laughs> nah, it's funny now. It's like, I'll, you know, when you kind of, there's like a bit of a change. Because yeah. I, obviously I ride with him a fair bit. Yeah, yeah. And then I rode with him somewhere. And I think, I don't know, I think I went in front. No, I went behind him. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, I'm going to try a bit harder now. Like, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't just like, yeah. we're just cruising. Yeah. It was just like, no, nah, we're, we're going for it, yeah. which is, um, it's cool to see. Like, yeah. And he's just getting bigger as well. He's yeah, growing into bigger, himself. Stronger, yeah. Yeah which, yeah. which obviously helps a lot. How old is he now? Uh, 16. I think is he's that old? I think he's 16. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We better pull our fingers out, eh? Oh, dude, it's, 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 <laughs> light the torch behind you. It's, yeah. it's good to see, though, man. Like, I like riding with like younger kids when they do push you because yeah. it's just like, I, it's just it's just that little bit of extra extra fuel. It's all like the best way to get faster is to ride with faster people, and then if you are the faster guy, then like you want to keep getting faster so that your little like protege or yeah. whatever isn't going to beat you. Yeah, well, that's the thing. It's all it's good to ride with fast people, but it's also good with ride with people maybe not faster, but that are getting faster because yeah, yeah. they kind of, and they like dude. He teaches me so much about yeah. myself with my riding, mm-hmm. and he makes me question things that I do as well. And like, mm-hmm. and not even and that's good that he asks questions and points yeah. things out too. Yeah, a yeah. lot of kids are just like, oh, okay, if you say that, then I'll do it. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, well, that's good to a point, but yeah, like, que- yeah, question what I'm actually yeah. saying because yeah. sometimes he'll be like, oh, but why? And then I actually think about it, and be like, yeah, yeah, why am I saying that? And then yeah, you yeah. kind of dive deeper into that. And you're like, okay, that makes sense to me now. But yeah, sometimes you say things. That obviously you've thought about in the past, but you probably haven't thought about for a while. So yeah. it's good to just have like refresh your brain and be like, oh, that's why I yeah. said that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I took um, a kid under my wing at National Champs last year. And I think that had a lot to do with like why I rode so good because I was sort of like talking through track walk and talking through lines and like breaking yeah. points. And he was asking like all of the whys. Yeah. And then I was doing the exact same thing, kind of like, oh, why? Like, why am I yeah. telling you to do that? Like when I don't even think about it. Yeah, you're, you're mirroring your own knowledge onto someone else, which is mm. pretty cool. Because then it makes you think about it. Because there's mm. so much stuff we do, especially at a high level, where you just you just do it. Yeah. But then you kind of forget, like, wait, why am I doing that? Yeah, why just, should I do that? You got to like, it all comes back to like, if you do the basics well, then yeah. you're going to do good. And sometimes you forget what the basics are, or you just that is like escape your brain because they come so naturally. Yeah. I suppose. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. Sick. All right. Should we go do a lap then? Yeah. Let's do a lap. All right. Thanks for that. That's, That's all right, sick. mate. See you guys.